guys, it's Janice. If you love this podcast and you've gotten great value and maybe a bit of entertainment out of past episodes, please consider a donation in support of both my podcast fees and my coffee habit. There's no obligation. Just click the link below and thanks so much for your support. Now on to today's episode. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When the pandemic was in full swing and the world was trying to figure out how to cope and live at the same time, we had to test our kids three times a week for school. Like I suspect a lot of moms were, I was promoted to chief testing officer for our family. Despite my lack of formal medical training and the fact that nasal swabs came up in exactly none of the first aid courses that I've taken. On the first day of testing, I opened the box and got the instructions out to have a look. And then I took those instructions and I went into a quiet room to try and figure them out. And since that first read-through of the instructions, this episode has been brewing. Hey, hey, and welcome to Connections Coffee and Confidence, a podcast where we talk about messaging, content creation, and communication strategy. I'm Janice, and I'm a strategic communications consultant, content creator, and course creator. I love working with smart, articulate women, helping them figure out what they need to say and then how to say it because, oh, the frustration of not getting that right can be terrible both personally and professionally. And this episode is an example of communications done, well, shall we say there is room for improvement that we can all learn from. So when I took the instructions out of the box, I quickly scanned the words and saw the pictures where the swab was being taken from, you know, pretty close to the brain kind of territory. And I saw a picture of the swab being taken from the nostril. I read words like nasopharyngeal, nasopharynx, and anterior nares. And once again, I'd like to remind you of my first aid and occupational first aid training. Many moons ago, when I worked for the Heart and Stroke Foundation, I was also certified in CPR. But none of this covered the nose beyond, really, a nosebleed. I read these words and I reread them and I kind of figured them out, but eh. To set the scene, my kids have anxiety. One has severe nosebleeds despite a cauterization, so to be honest, my own desire to stick things up my kids' noses 
was not high. I was worried about triggering a nosebleed that would require going to the hospital to have his nose packed. I was worried about triggering nosebleeds in the other two. I worried about not swabbing right and missing someone being sick and sending them to school anyway. I was worried about wasting tests because I knew we were so lucky to have them provided for free by the province. I knew so many people who didn't have access to tests, even with the money to pay for them. So I didn't want to waste what we were lucky to have. It was really important for me to do them right. Now I followed the instructions and I did three sets of swabs three times a week, trying very hard to avoid tickling their brains for the deep uh, nasopharynx ones and not trigger nosebleeds in the nostril ones. My kitchen had a testing center set up on the appropriate evenings. We worked with the anxiety and Look, it wasn't particularly pleasant for anybody. You know that yourself if you've been in this or a similar situation. I had timers and like stations set up for each stage. The kids came in through like a conveyor belt. They came in one door, step up with your nose tilted, then exit stage left when they're done. Then, and look, I don't remember how, what happened or what changed, if it was the testing kit or the guidance or I don't know. But I realized there was a small but important word I had missed. Option. So I saw step two. Step 2A.1. 2A.2. 2B.1. 2B.2. And so on. And like, it's all the same step, right? It's all step two. No. You could swab either the brain area or the nostril. Either. Or, option, well, all of those moans and fidgets and all that time spent patiently talking them through the process and the physical feelings and the emotions, all for nothing. Well, I mean, we needed to do the tests, but the extra work was unnecessary. And when I realized this, I laughed because I felt stupid. I had mom guilt because it was my mistake. And annoyed because that was stress and energy that we slash I didn't need to take on as it was already a stressful time. But mostly I was frustrated because although these tests were a necessary part of keeping our society safe and operating to some extent, the messaging wasn't clear. The delivery muddled the message and as a result, people were being caused hassle and stress and it probably contributed to people not testing. Okay, as a side note, there were other things contributing to people not testing. Lack of tests, lack of awareness, differing priorities, and more that I'm not going to get into. For today's purposes, feelings towards COVID, testing, and even masking are yours. This podcast is about the impact that clear communication can have for good or for bad. And hands up, I was already stressed, like lots of other people at that moment in time, and probably still today. We had recently wrapped up a cross-Canada move. We sold a house, bought a house. We had new schools, new lots of things. My boys were stressed with dealing with all of the new, and so was I. And then we add in the pandemic, right? Stressful for darn near everyone, in some way, shape, or form. 
And stress will always impact the way that you receive and interpret information. When you design your communications, be it for a testing kit or a product or a service, you need to take into consideration who you're speaking to, where they're at in the moments they'll be receiving your message. You also need to take into consideration their state of mind, their education levels, their language capabilities, their cognitive capabilities. If you're speaking to pretty much the English-speaking world market, that's a hard task. And irrespective of if you are a multinational medical company or a one-person show, you always need to design your communications with your audience in mind. Because what's the point in talking if no one understands you? Now, for the actual communications piece of this story, the helpful bit, let's talk about the three aspects of communications that directly impact someone's ability to receive and basically decode or understand your message. First, language. Can anybody and everybody in your target market understand what you're saying? Do they understand the words that you are using? Do they know their nasopharynx from their anterior nares? Will they be able to follow your directions or otherwise understand your intention behind the piece? We all get wrapped up in our world, in our work. When we have colleagues or we're used to talking about our work with like-minded people, we often aren't even aware of the jargon that we use. Even me saying the word messaging, I try to remember to switch it up and say things like the words that you say, the things that you need people to know, so that you don't miss my point. If you're in architecture or interior design, don't talk about a building's envelope or the aspect. Tell me about the shell or the way the building interacts with its environment. If you're a coach, don't say you're going to introduce me to a paradigm shift because the paradigm is a really big and widely held model of how things are. You can't shift paradigm just by working with me. But you can create significant changes or have an impact on my finances or confidence or weight training or whatever. Using appropriate language increases the accessibility of your information. More people will be able to understand what you're saying if you stay away from the technical or special words. And mind you, the opposite is true. If you only want to work with a certain person, the language you use will, well, will speak to them too. So if you want to use your language to narrow your audience, that's great. Just be aware that you're doing it. There's nothing worse than unintentionally excluding a group of people. The second piece of your communications that can really impact on someone's ability to, to get what you're saying is your method of informing people. Marshall McLuhan, a famous Canadian philosopher, which is not a phrase I get to use that often. Anyway, he once said that the message was in the medium or the words that are said are not the whole message. The medium used shapes how the message is received. So for example, Twitter gives you 280 characters to say something, not including threads, which are a string of 280 character tweets. So if you want to say something, the medium of Twitter will shape how you say it. There isn't a lot of room for fluff. 
you get in, you make your point, you get out. If you say it on your blog, you need to choose your words well. You, you pick your headers and the graphics that add the detail or explain some points. You have a space to add video or even voice. The format or medium that you choose dictates the choices that you have and gives you the leeway to express your point in whatever way your audience is going to best pick it up. So your method of telling people what you have to say will impact how you say it and how they receive it, if they receive it at all. When you consider your audience, think about how your information or your message will best reach them. Of course, you want to use a variety of methods, but the majority of your audience will be in one place. So where is it? And how do you use that medium to your full advantage? A small insert in a box doesn't leave much room for storytelling or details, which is why language was so incredibly important. The third piece of your communications that impacts on your ability to be heard and understood is the visual aspect. Even in Twitter's 280 characters, there's space for a picture or a gif or for a bullet list or a paragraph break. This even times we're pushing boundaries. But know that if the visual format of your communications is pushing boundaries, like with language, you will exclude people. If done on purpose, that's your choice. It's when you exclude people accidentally that's the possibility I want to draw your attention to. I bring up convention because even things like proper capitalization and punctuation will help your reader's eye or their assisted technology to decode the information. Those capital letters are visual. On that little cardstock inset in the testing kit, look, it had words and it had pictures, but pictures weren't brilliant at showing the anterior nares Anyway, look, I'm not going to lie. I touched zero brains. I'm sure they're in there somewhere. But we did deal with nosebleeds. And I understand that there was a tremendous amount of pressure for the people who created these tests to get them out into the world. Mass production and distribution takes time. And making them easy to use and accessible were important, as was accuracy. When it comes to the instructions, I really think that they would have done a better job had they had the time to test the little insert out on a selection of their audience segments. But you, my friend, you have time. And I highly encourage you to take some time and make sure your customers understand how, why, and when to use your product. What are the circumstances that would cause them to come to you? How do you help? How long will it take? And do it in language that your people will understand. How you portray your information can either help or hinder. It's up to you to design your communications, but it's also up to you to check it. So sometimes it's helpful to hand it over to someone and ask them to tell you what they understand. If they repeat back to you what you needed them to know, you're golden pony boy. If not, you need to dig a little bit into whether it was the language, the medium, or the visual aspect that's letting you down and work on that. It's always better to know than to go through the effort of putting something out there only for it to fall flat. 
If you could use some help getting your messaging in check, you can download my messaging workbook, which will walk you through the steps of how to create that messaging, or pick the words that you need to use and the way you're going to use them, and use them effectively. You'll find that at JaniceFogarty.com, and I will link to it in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening today. If you know someone who would find this interesting, or who might commiserate with the goofing up of those tests, please feel free to send them or share with them this episode. You can also leave a review or a rating on GoodPods, Spotify, Apple, or ever so many other places that you can listen to this podcast. As an independent podcaster, I really appreciate your help in getting in front of new people. And until next week, my friend, have a fan-free-catastic rest of your day. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.